Hey everyone, and welcome back to another Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Melissa. Hello, and I'm Melissa's brother, Matt. And we're just two siblings who love Star Wars and want to talk and geek out about it. How are you today, Matt? Uh, I'm good. I mean, I'm pretty excited. The uh, content we were able to get this past weekend yeah. was pretty good. Uh, it's nice to, to have some about. new Star Wars shows. Uh, yeah, so let's just get it right into it because there's a lot that we have to break down for these last two episodes. I mean, an hour and a half of new content going on here. And it's exciting content. It is uh, like in a period of Star Wars time that I don't think we've ever really seen before. So it's good yeah. stuff all around. So we're going to have to dive in. But before we begin, um, this is our first episode in our series, Bad Batch Breakdown. And obviously, if you didn't know, we're going to be talking about the new Star Wars series, The Bad Batch, another hit from Lucasfilm Animation. Um, Yeah, like you said, we have a ton to talk about. Do you just want to delve straight into it? Do you want to start us off with that? Because there is so much to unpack. We're going to be talking about the first two episodes today. So if you want to kick us off, Matt, like, yeah, sure. I mean, let's kick it off because I said, like I said, there's content that we're seeing. Uh, obviously, Bad Batch was introduced in what season seven of Clone Wars. Yeah, uh, the first arc. Uh, I guess give a if you give a quick synopsis, it's like a rogue band of clones who are all genetically modified to be different. They're all a little crazier than your other clones. They go on missions that the other clones can't go on, and they all have different abilities. There's one who's really strong, really smart, can shoot really well, and so they're not affected. Did, uh, with the implanted chip that the rest of the clones are affected by during Order 66. And this show starts us off right at Order 66 when obviously all the Jedi are killed. Um, Revenge of the Sith, uh, like towards the end of Revenge of the Sith. <clears throat> and that's like a really interesting time period because after Order 66 and Revenge of the Sith, like that is, you know, it's kind of open-ended from there to, uh, I guess, uh, episode four, New Hope, or I guess Rogue One now. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So the, it follows these clones. It starts in order 66. And now we get to see the kind of the transition from the uh, uh, like Senate and the uh, what is it called? The Galactic the Federation Republic <laughs> to a <laughs> first galactic guy. empire. Yeah. To the first galactic empire. And now we get to see these clones. They don't know what's happening. They are uh, seeing all these other clones kill all the Jedi and I mean, so far we're only like what two episodes into it, but it's what I was saying before is it's a cool period we get to see of like the transition over uh, from the Republic to the Empire. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, to me, that's like the coolest thing about this show is it's like, it's, like I said, a period of time in Star Wars that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. You get some cool appearances from some cool characters. Um, Saw Gerrera, uh, Moff Tarkin. <laughs> uh the um the clone from like season two of clone wars who like lives his own life as a hobbit in the the, random planet or something Uh, a lot of cool appearances so there's a lot to unpack here but those are that's like that's like you know the highlights for me was seeing some of those characters and just like transition over so what about you well i let's let's just like kick it off spoiler wise and if you have not seen it obviously don't watch this but we're going to be talking everything that we saw but um and we yeah, and don't that, watch the show by the way we're, we're, we're i think that, i think it's important to like preface every show by saying we're going to be breaking down if it wasn't clear in the title <laughs> we're going to be breaking down these episodes so if you haven't watched them yet go watch them unless you want them to be spoiled for you the, the show is called another star wars podcast but yeah. to, to get right into it the the opening just totally took me off guard 
Like, I, you know, you got like the Clone Wars narration. We got like the five seconds of Revenge of the Sith animated footage, which I did not expect. So True. I was just like, oh my God, this is so amazing. What are we going to see? Um, yeah. They, I don't know if you knew who the two Jedi were in the beginning, because those characters actually have like a huge significance for the people who watch the animated shows. Do you know anything about? No. And I was going to ask you about that because I have no idea, but I was like, they probably have a significance the only significance in my mind was that the voice of the young padawan is way too deep for him uh I he sounded like a 45 year old man he's like hey what's going on here and you're like well you look like you're 14 man like what why okay. is your voice so deep okay so so two things those two characters are deba balaba and caleb doom and i know you haven't seen any of deba balaba what kind <laughs> of name is that <laughs> it's a very it's a fun name to say um, but, I'm not familiar. Okay, Deba Balaba. Okay. That's kind of a mouthful. I'm not very familiar with her. <laughs> Deba Balaba. If you look at the end of the Phantom Menace, you can catch a glimpse of her character. She's oh, right. very, very brief in the end of that uh, movie, but she is a Jedi Master, obviously, and her Padawan is Caleb Doom. And have you seen anything of Star Wars Rebels? Like, do you know anything about that show? And do you care if I spoil it for you? I have not watched that. Uh, I know little bits about it from what you've told me, but you know, go ahead, spoil away. Okay, so, and I will get into the deep man voice thing. (laughs) That will come soon. But the the first part of that is Caleb Doom is the character uh, Kanan Jarrus in Star Wars Rebels. So in Star Wars Rebels, you have your main crew and Kanan Jarrus is one of the main characters and he is a ex-Jedi kind of turned a cowboy rogue in that show and he's kind of like abandoned his Jedi heritage and run away from it and Mm -hmm. he has this great character arc that gets him to come full circle back into who he used to be and he is that little boy that you saw in the beginning of Bad Batch Caleb Doom and that was kind of a surprise to me specifically because the story that they told in Bad Batch of how Order 66 like happened is not how it was previously established. So that was kind of a retcon. <laughs> it was like a mini retcon. I actually have the comic here. So in 2014, there was a comic that came out called uh, Kane and the Last Padawan. It's a gorgeously illustrated book. It's written by mm-hmm. Greg Wiseman. And it's a very, very different take on what happened with his version of order 66 like what actually happened to him and how he escaped and how like that whole experience was for him and it flashes back between who Kanan used to be which is Caleb Doom and how he changed his name so he could go into hiding when the empire rises and so they have like this whole comic they have this whole story and so when that opening happened in Bad Batch um the first thought that I went through my mind was oh my god they changed his backstory they changed who this character, like how who this character was and uh, when he experienced Order 66, which I thought was really interesting because a lot of people are debating that right now. So Kanan yeah. is Kanan is he's the little Doom. stinker boy Padawan with the long, really deep voice. OK, right, so that's what the episode starts with him. He runs away. The, so that makes more sense. He appears in Rebels now. Yes. So, so here's he the does thing. Say something, not a random thing. Well, here's here's the thing. Freddie Prince Jr. plays Kanan, Caleb. That was him. Wow. That was him in the episode. And I do have to say, I loved this opening episode, but my one qualm with it was his voice. Cause isn't he supposed to be like 12 or 13 there? 
Like, yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I, that was the one thing to me caught me a little off guard, but it's a very cool opening scene. Uh, you get to kind of see they don't waste any time starting. You know, we get to see Order 66 again. And obviously, Clint's are confused. He gets away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of go back to Camino, and there's that debriefing or whatever. And the thing that I thought was cool was the um, original audio they used from uh, Revenge of the Sith with Palpatine announcing Order 66. That's pretty cool. And you can kind of see, like, you know, it's it's the first moments we have after that mm-hmm. empire is like established and there's some confusion going on. So I thought that was really cool too. It's nice to know that that, that character, that Padawan at the beginning kind of ties into another show, uh, which I haven't seen. So maybe I should go and watch some of those episodes. Um, but yeah, the the like transitional period of all that I thought was really cool and seeing kind of like the struggle. Um, and then moving on, I think you want to describe the rest of the episode, uh, what happens? um the the clones so i i I do have to say the the whole like camino thing going back to camino and you know they walk by the the bad batch like walk by the body of the jedi that's being carried away it was really sinister oh by the way this is like the first time that matt and i are discussing this episode we have not talked about this prior so we're actually just getting our reactions for the first time to this um no, when they were carrying the the body of the Jedi away, I was so disturbed by that. I was so put off by it because I was like, you see the clones in the Clone Wars and they're, they're made out to be like the good guys, like the heroes, like, oh, they're going to defeat the villain. They're friends with the Jedi. And it's like this really good stuff. And then you have Bad Batch and it's like this stark contrast of like, no, these guys yeah. are bad. Like they're evil. They've killed Jedi. Yeah, there's a flip. There's a, sw- a switch in their head that's been flipped. Yeah, and it's so. It was so. Like I was so disturbed by it. I was just like, I don't like looking at these characters that I considered good guys in a prior show, and they're now being played off as like Empire. That's so creepy to me. I think they did a really good job of like conveying that, though. Yeah, just the sinisterness of it, and having the clones or the Bad Batch, like yeah, like they're like walking through thumb. the halls, and they're like, oh, like you know, they're trying to be friendly with with the other you know their kin essentially it's themselves and it's like totally different type of vibe going on throughout the entire base so yeah i thought they did a really good job of like communicating that like oh something's definitely changed weird yeah it's very off and then um we do run into a new character uh omega omega the uh, new zealander australian girl um, um yeah I, interesting character interesting addition i mean i think that's that's like it's very similar to kind of mandalorian how you have this yes. child that be, that that kind of comes into the picture uh and now they kind of have to look after her and figure out like who is she why was she made what's this whole like how does she fit into this picture which i think is an interesting element to add you add someone totally new you know fresh obviously we've seen these other characters before in, in bad batch but with her we've never seen her we don't know where she came from. It adds an interesting element of like mystery to the show. And now we're going to have to figure out like where that goes. And I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to like watch unfold. I like was... like with Mandalorian watching the whole thing with, you know, Grogu unfold. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think it was a good call to have it like a, a child and be like a little girl. I thought that was a really good writing call because it really switches up the dynamic of the Bad Batch who are just like these elite soldiers who are really gosh darn good they went like at what they do. But if you throw a kid into the mix, it kind of like throws them off. They're like, what do we do? It's a child. We don't know how to deal with this. And I just thought that was a really cool addition. I also was so relieved that she was not like a Saturday 
like a Saturday morning kid sidekick. Do you, if you get what I'm saying, like, yeah. because that was my concern when I saw her in the trailer, I was like, Oh my God, please don't be like an annoying kid tag along and don't make me hate you. <laughs> like, like that. Was yeah. My- well, that's the <laughs> difficult thing when you, when you in, like introduce any kind of new characters, but especially like a younger one, it's like, mm-hmm. you don't want to have that element of like annoyance. Yeah, uh, but I don't. I think you're right. I don't think that was. That's not how I felt about it at all. Um, I was surprised. It seems though. like she'll be interesting, and it's it's kind of like she's following them around, and and like just as curious about them as the viewer is. Like you're sitting here mm-hmm. watching it, and you're like, oh, what's gonna happen? You know, kind of similar to like her. She doesn't really know what her place in the world is yet. Yeah, and I, I thought it was interesting too because I thought back to like when Ahsoka Tano was first introduced. You know, like people are like, oh my God, like you're just like the annoying tag along little girl, like, please don't get in the way of my favorite characters. But Omega didn't even like give me that impression. I was like, oh, she's she's a kid. Like she's, she's a child. She's curious about them. Like, I get that. I understand. I'm interested to see. So she's not in anything. We don't have any idea who she, like, she's never been as far as you know. I, I, yeah, there's, there's been no prior story, you know, when she popped up, like, I think they pretty much confirmed that she is a female clone of Django. I mean, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Like, that's how it came off to me. Anyway. Kind of. Yeah, I guess. Or just, I kind of think to me is just like, she's, they made a clone of her for some reason. Yeah. And like, which is camp- like, a, I don't know. I don't, it wasn't a hundred percent clear, but I don't think it's, sh- I don't think it's supposed to be yet. I think yeah. it's supposed to be like kind of a mysterious thing like i said they're I, we're gonna find out over the course of the next couple episodes whatever but uh i don't know that we're, it's supposed to be 100 clear unless i missed something I, I i like her i loved i loved the fight scene in the mess hall where she like where she yeah. throws the food and then they like walk away and then there's like a second throw and it's just record <laughs> i laughed so right. hard. i thought it was so good there's also a moment i want to talk about um obviously like the animation like blew me away like within the first opening shots like it has just come so far since clone wars but something that i've noticed in this episode in particular is that you can't watch what's happening in the background of a scene without something going on so something's like always going on in the background whether that's like a character reacting to another character or a funny facial expression and there was one moment in the mess hall before the fight scene happened where omega gets up and she puts her plate down on the table and they all look at her but there's like a split second of a shot where like tech is going like like he peers like through like like, yeah. like the arm crack of like um, oh yeah he just goes like this and i laughed so <laughs> hard i could not stop laughing because his head just kind of like peaks out of nowhere i don't know it killed me it made me laugh so hard but like the little nuance yeah, I mean, to, of animation yeah to your end. point the animation's like yeah it's it's great oh my it's God. fantastic the whole way through you know what else i liked uh uh the prime minister of camino that guy his voice was the same it's think, uh what's as, his name as what it was in it uh attack of the clones yeah it's um oh god what's i know the i, I know loved the female, that it's i wrote down his name it's oh it's Lama Su, the prime minister yeah but it's the same voice actor as in yeah. attack of the clones so mm-hmm. i thought that was awesome uh i love how they do little things like that um also just have like i mentioned this of a thousand times but having tarkin in it is so cool because then you're starting to introduce how stormtroopers come about and how they decommissioned the clones it's too expensive all right fine that's logical you know what i mean it's not just like because i remember when attack of the clones came out i'm like oh they're all clones and then you're like oh, wait a minute 
they're not they're conscripted sh- soldiers and you're like well that doesn't make any sense why would that happen finally we're getting answers yep. on this well i, I was, um, I was as gonna all this say, stuff is happening i was gonna say you know tarkin is just like it's too expensive throws all the money into the death star <laughs> yeah i know well maybe hey maybe they need to cut some costs i mean making your own clone army can't be cheap it's got to be similar to the cost of an empire uh but i mean i i you at least find out what the the, the motivation is there you know yeah. he doesn't like him they're expensive he's never like they set that up earlier on like in in what was it season five season six when you see him for the first time like a young tarkin whatever. oh yeah he's like which um, by the way that war aged him boy yeah. that guy does not look good he did not yeah, have happy fun time. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I don't, how long ago was that supposed to have been since the last episode we saw him in? If it was recent, then he aged terribly. Uh, but that's fine. I mean, whatever. They're doing their best. I mean, I think that's it's just peak Star Wars because I don't think they ever really know where they're going. And it's been this way since George Lucas yeah. made the first movie or the fourth movie. You know, he thought that was going to be the first movie. He ends up, you know, jigsaw puzzling everything everywhere else. And that's kind of like, that's, that's kind of part of why Star Wars is great. Is it's like they don't know where they're going and they have to figure it out as they go along. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Like for me, in my opinion, it didn't really work out with like the the sequel movies like they tried to figure it out i think they kind of swung and missed there like with mandalorian they were just kind of figuring out as they went along and it worked out perfectly and i think that's what they're doing with this too like this is just one of those symptoms of being in that star wars universe where they haven't really 100 figured everything out yet like i don't think bad batch was planned for more than a couple years you know oh yeah so so whatever. I mean, I still think they did a good job tying it together. I think his character is going to be great. The fact he's going to be like the antagonist throughout the season, it'll just be interesting to see how he fits in here and there. And it also makes me wonder how much of like the emperor are we going to see? Are we going to see Darth Vader at all? Like, I think there's I a know. lot of, there's, we do have uh, some questions on our Instagram that we should get to later that are really interesting. So I'm going to allow you to yeah. theorize on those, but going back, sure. going back to the episode, we do get to see Saw Gerrera again which is very cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Gorgeous hunk, Saw Gerrera. He's just, he uh, I mean, talk about a glow down. He, like <laughs> where he is now as like this insurgent in the forest. And then he becomes Forrest Whitaker in Rogue One with like his asthma mask or whatever. Like, hey man, I don't know what happened. We better see what happened to him, why he became so fat and useless by the end of uh, uh, Rogue One. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh my God. No, but- obviously I'm kidding. He's awesome, but it's good to see. It's cool to see like the younger version of him and like how he came to be. And you find out like a motivation for why he is the way he is. Yeah. And if even go like going back to the Clone Wars, it's like when they spoilers again, uh, when they killed his sister, uh, Stila in that like crazy arc with Ahsoka training the Onderon rebels is like, you kind of get those seeds of like why he's doing what he's doing and how he just gradually like deteriorates like over time. Because he starts off, yeah, like it gets this, crazier and crazier. Yeah, he gets more and more insane, and they even highlight that in well, Rebels is that he's kind of an extreme. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is if you if you see him in, uh, you get to see him in Jedi Fallen Order, the video game too. Right. Right. And that's an interesting thing. So it's just kind of cool how they brought they brought him in. They made this character in Rogue One, and they brought him in in little places here and there, and you kind of have to get to see the evolution of him from point A to point B. Um, He's a really cool character. And I love that scene, like in the, like the forest where he's explaining why the empire isn't good to these clones who really don't know how exactly to feel about it. You know, they're like conflicted. And so it's just a, it was a good storytelling device to have him like kind of help explain 
to both the clones and the audience why it's not a good thing. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, that brings me, that brings me to the other thing that I was super interested in, which is the general uh, concept of order 66 in this show with the clones, because when it's initially called in the beginning, uh, they don't know what it is save for crosshair, which I think is really, really interesting. And it wasn't hard to tell that that was going to be a thing, you know, cause in the beginning, you know, crosshairs, like good soldiers follow orders. And you're just like, dang it. That is what all of yeah. them say when you're under control of the chip. So like, what's, uh, what's your opinion of that, uh, you know, um, evolution of crosshair going like you're wrong you're wrong to hunter oh you've made wrong choices and he's clearly having some kind of internal conflict and then by the end of the episode he's like fully betrayed them through no fault of his own like talk about that like what's your yeah i don't know i think i don't know i mean i don't know about you but i think like he was he was always under control of it it just wasn't that strong i mean and they touch on that you know Mm. but he's i think to me he's under complete control the whole time and um i don't even really i i don't know if they meant to have it so you felt this way but like i didn't really feel like there was that much of an internal struggle because i mean you think about it from the first scene he's shooting at what's his name pretty prince jr caleb (laughs) caleb He's shooting at him in the trees like he doesn't even hesitate, you know, like he knows that's what he's supposed to be doing. And it's a smart move because like you have to have it's just a good it's a good way to kind of tear up that group a little bit and create that conflict, that internal conflict of like, oh, we turned, you know, this one guy bad um, and now we got to fight against, you know, our teammate. Um, And so it makes sense as a storytelling device. Um, But I didn't really feel like there was too much struggle within him. Um, right there was it's, I, I liked I liked how they did that like it made sense to me if that makes sense there was there was that one scene where they're in the 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 cell before they take crosshair away and Omega's like I know what you're gonna do she's like but please don't do it and you can kind of tell that he's kind of fighting it off like like there's like a second where he's just kind of you know uh taking it in for a moment and then Omega comes over to talk to him and so I did yeah. kind of get the impression that there was a little bit of a conflict like the programming was working on him but there was a little bit of conflict because they did that thing again with the animation that's so amazing in the show is they did the thing where his eyes dilate and then they go back to normal kind of like how rex's did right yeah which by the way speaking of rex we got a rex name drop in uh well well hold on hold on hold on one second (laughs) We'll, we'll get to that episode in like two seconds uh okay there were two thoughts i had near the end of the episode the first thought is is that i don't know if you caught on to this but omega had a moment with every single one of the bad batch like she had like a moment do you get what i mean when i say that? oh like, yeah 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 no i know what you mean yeah she had i guess a moment, that does make sense now that you mention it she had a moment with echo you know right after the mess hall scene she had a moment with wrecker with like the little his like doll the doll thing. yeah the doll yeah. and then she had a moment with crosshair when she was like trying to shooting him at him <laughs> no <laughs> in the cell in the cell uh <laughs> no that and uh, did she have a moment with tech now that i'm thinking about it she did she did she have like a specific moment because i thought she did with each of them uh, i think you might be right yeah i don't know i'd have to go back and look because i do remember now that you're saying that i do mention that and it's probably on purpose that's what i'm uh, saying is she seems very yeah. what i got from that is that she's very empathetic like like she kind of she almost comes off like she has all this knowledge that they don't. And so she's just able to understand them 
more like because she tells Echo when like he's hooked up to the machine. She's like, oh, I don't like being hook up, hooked up to the machine either. And then she tells Crosshair, I know what you're going to do, but please don't do it. And then she like notices Wrecker looking for the doll and she's like, oh, were you looking for this? So I felt like that was really intentional, you know, to have those moments where she was kind of like reaching out to each of them. Um, And then she has, she clearly has this Mandalorian-esque bond with Hunter, which I will talk about later because I'm kind of obsessed with that. All in all, I I know that I'm paraphrasing tons here. I'm just obsessed with that. Yeah, I mean, it's a long episode. There's a lot, there's like a lot to get through with that. Like there was, it was, it was, it was long. And it's like, it's a lot to unpack within a really cool period of, mm-hmm. of time. And that's what it's going to keep coming back to for me, at least is like, it's a period of time we haven't seen before of like the transition. Plus you're dealing with these new characters, mm-hmm. like going back to Camino, which I think is really cool. What's going to happen there. Are they going to shut down the facilities? Like what's going to happen with her? Like there's so many questions that are left to be answered throughout the rest of the season. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. Um, and I'm going to try not to speculate too much, um, but it's hard not to, especially in like yeah. such an interesting and dark period. Uh, they they really they really Star kicked Wars. it off, and I feel like in the typical Star Wars fashion, with the first episode, they raised more questions yeah. than they answered them. Yeah, and that's what they that's what you should do, I think. Yeah. Like they the, the that first scene's perfect. That's exactly what they should. And you and I were talking about this. Like, I wonder if we'll get to see six, Order sixty six again, and we did, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. And I think that's exactly how you should do it. It keeps the energy high. And it, like you said, it leaves more questions to be answered, but that's what you have to do. I mean, how many episodes are this in this season? 13? 16. 16. 16. Yeah. So, I mean, that's plenty of time. And, you know, they gave us two episodes in one week. Um, and the, the second one felt a lot more like a, uh, the first one felt a lot more like uh, almost like a movie type of mm-hmm. uh, story to it. And the second one felt more like a Clone Wars episode, which was fine for me, you know? Yeah um but i'm glad you get that all at once because now now it sets up a lot you're like at first i'm like i don't know what what are they going to do with this show where's it going to go what kind of stories are they going to tell now i have a much better idea of like what it's going to look like they've really set it up nicely it'll be interesting to see how some of these characters plan um and how they tie it all together and how they end it like are they going to make a second season like yeah what what's what's the purpose of this show you know? Right, and we already know they're tying in other characters. They'll tie in, you know, Fennec or whatever that chick's name is from yep, from Mandalorian, and potentially uh, Vare. You know, they already potentially the Emperor. Like Tarkin's already in it. Like, there's so many things. There's so many directions they can go, and you can tell. Like they've like Dave Filoni's really hit his stride with these last couple shows. Oh, uh, yeah, that they've come. He's come out with. He'll, he'll do anything, you know. And there's there's so many different directions it can go, and I think that's like the coolest thing about this. Like, I have no idea what we're in for, but I'm so excited to see how they tie everything together, especially because like it's clone centric. Like we've, I mean, the Clone Wars obviously were clone centric, but like, this is like, now you're going to get into like an area that is not more so focused on the Jedi, but on how we got from this transition point from the Republic to the empire. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I think it's going to be really good. I do have to tell you, I had a thought that just hit me and I know we're probably going to keep going back to this, but on the whole Freddie Prince Jr. As a 12 year old, I thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, (laughs) please don't make fun of me. I thought of that meme from 30 rock with Steve Buscemi, where he's like, how do you do? How do you do fellow kids? (laughs) Hey, I'm a, I'm just a Padawan. Don't mind me. You're like, oh, okay. Like, I hey, feel Freddy like Prince. I, I thought I thought they would have pitched his voice up a little bit. 
you know? It was pretty funny. I mean, of all the complaints <laughs> about I, I could have by the episode, that's a pretty minor one, but it is it funny. Is. It's just a funny creative, <laughs> funny creative choice. Like his voice is almost deeper. I go and if it's this if he's if it's the same voice actor as it was in Rebels, it'd be it wouldn't it be funny if his voice is like deeper now than it was when he recorded Rebels. <laughs> Probably is. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. as Kanan was perfect casting. Like he is he was so perfect as Kanan, but if you're a 12 year old boy, I got to tell you, puberty must have hit fast and it must have hit hard because the clones are probably younger than how old Caleb is in that scene because clones age faster. Like, like they look like they age faster, but they're actually. Oh, younger. Right. right. So it's like in, in Clone Wars, Rex is actually younger than Ahsoka. So he's right. younger that. I think he's younger than her by like two years. So it just makes the whole scene with Caleb and the clones that much funnier. Right. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that's such a weird dynamic. Sorry. Freddie Prince Jr., if you ever watch this, I love you as Kanan, but um, maybe your voice should have been pitched. <laughs> also, make some more make some more rom-coms, Freddie Prince, while we're at it. Where have you been? because in some more live action movies what was he in like she's all that and stuff those rom-coms from the 90s i was thinking i was thinking (laughs) scooby-doo okay or scooby-doo do another Um, scooby-doo but yeah then uh i guess moving on with that episode like uh i'm now i'm blanking how does that like what's the second half uh of the episode there was just so much there's so much that happened so by the way guys excuse us if we're all over the board with this podcast this episode was so much to take in it was an hour and 17 minutes it's a lot so if we're all over the board i'm sorry but like it was a lot there was a lot to take in it ended uh the second half of the episode is they come back to camino tarkin comes out and he's like yeah right you failed right 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 and they they jack up the microchip in uh crosshair sharpshooters face yeah uh wait by the uh, way i do have to mention this i have to mention this terminator style true i do have to mention this where is he getting all of those toothpicks (laughs) maybe it's uh in the in the galaxy far far away a long time ago maybe toothpicks don't deteriorate in mouth and you can just chew on the same one all day every day gross but maybe that's what happens i don't know Maybe they're made of a different material or he just likes buying a lot of toothpicks. Um, he just has like- However, he does enjoy them. I, I find myself, if I have toothpicks, I'll just chew them to bits within the first 30 seconds. But with him, you know, it's a nice little character tick he has. I don't know why uh, I find this. This is just so funny to me. It's just like, I have this mental image of crosshair, just like pulling out a box of like a toothpicks and he just like sticks another one in his mouth. He's like, I'm going to look so great when I walk out here. I'm going to spit out the toothpick and just make eye contact and it'll be great. Like, like I have like this whole scheme in his head. Oh my God. Also pretty embarrassing for him to get his gun shot out of his hand by a little girl who's never shot a gun before. Okay. That was the one thing with the episode I meant to bring up. She's like, I don't know. I've never shot a gun before. (laughs) And you're like, what? You've never shot a gun before ever. And you happen to hit it perfectly. I don't know if they like explain that at all, but I'm like, come on. She's on a training facility. Say she's been, training with the clones or something that's what i thought they were gonna say and he's like nice shot and she's like well i've never shot a gun in my life before well yeah okay fair enough no i and then uh after that you know they get on the ship they escape 
Crosshair is like, dang yeah. it, do we think he's going to be the main antagonist? Do you think they're going to? Yeah, get he'll back? definitely be the main antagonist. Hundred percent, he'll be the main antagonist with Tarkin sprinkled in here and there. I think the one question is, are they going to kill him in the end, or are they yep. going to fix him? Here's 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 the, here's the one thing that I I had a, a a thought about and I discussed with my best friend is uh so we have you know Crosshair as the bad guy not by his own will of course like that was kind of done against his will so it's yeah. not like it's he's Frankenstein monstery yeah he's not choosing yeah. this but it does beg the question is do we really think everybody's going to make it out of this show alive because. I mean, yeah, I don't know. And that's a question that's like, this is a, this is a group of people who they could potentially bring into live action later. It's potentially yeah. could maybe now, would that be a pain in the ass to shoot? Yeah. I mean, you have five guys who all kind of look the same. So I would probably err more on the side of maybe at the end, they all die. I think they're probably going to see what the reception of the show is like first. I bet they leave it open-ended kind of. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That's the thing is like, it, it could go anywhere. You could potentially bring them into live action with another one of these billion star Wars shows that's coming out in the next yeah. couple of years here, or you could kill them off. And that would be kind of cool. It'd be like rogue one thing. It's like a one and done type of character, you know, story for, for, for these guys. Mm. Uh, Cause you don't really hear from them again. Um, that's true. But I mean, once again, there is a whole big timeline here in between now and like a new hope or whatever that these guys could be around. You don't know. So the, the, the possibility is around this. It just depends on where they want to go and if they have plans to do anything. Like, you know, they, if they do, it's probably already in the works, you know? That's true. That's, I, yeah, I didn't think of it that way. It's probably a large part of that's probably based on like reception, but it's also interesting to think about story-wise because typically when you get into stuff like this, it's like, okay, does everybody realistically make it out of this alive? Like, is that like a realistic thing? Like given, you know, that these guys are targets and they're in a very, very difficult time period and how they could be utilized in future projects. It's a, it's an interesting question to ask. Fennec's in it. And I mean, she's tied with Mandalorian and like Book of Boba Fett stuff. So oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, B Boba Fett running into either Rex or some of these other clones could be a really interesting like episode. <laughs> That would you know? be, and that comes out this fall. <gasps> yeah, you're so smart. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. But before Look, we get I'm into full of theories, <laughs> full of theories. Uh, before we get into like all that, because you did bring up Rex earlier, let's jump uh, head in into this second episode because that was like you said a little bit more like Clone Wars. But uh, how'd you like this episode? I know you only recently watched it, like last night, right? Yeah, I watched it last night. Um, I thought it was good. It's like I said, felt a lot more like a Clone Wars episode. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, they go to this planet. What is that? Felucia or something? I don't know. What, uh, what Salukamai. They go to. So they Salukamai. go there. Um, it feels a lot more like they have a mission they have to complete by the end of the episode. It's like, you know, the the gate codes or whatever they're called. The Chain codes. tracking codes. Yeah. Chain codes. So they have to go get those and stuff. So I felt like... You know, the other ones, the, the, the first episode is a little bit more epic. There's a little bit more going on there, but this is like, all right, now we're setting it up. We're getting to know the characters more. We're trying to figure out, you know, where this season is headed. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought it was cool. I liked it. I, I, I don't think I liked it as much as the first one. I don't know how you're going to beat the first one though. Yeah, um, that was great. But it did feel, it's you know, it's, it's, it's Clone Wars. Clone Wars is back. And like, that's what, it, <clears throat> that's what it felt like to me. It was like an extended episode of that with just different motivations, different things going on. Um, yeah. What about you? What did you think? I, I, I agree with you where it was a little bit more like standard Clone Wars. I think they did a great job of setting up the characters in the first episode. And now you're kind of 
getting into the dynamic a little bit more. There was a reoccurring theme of just children in the first episode. And I really felt like they took that a step further with the second episode. You know, like a lot of the the themes of the story that they're trying to lay out here has a lot to do with kids and even better, like Bad Batch not knowing how to deal with a child that's just been like thrust upon them. And so I think they did a lot right. of interesting comparisons with how the Bad Batch view a child versus um, this clone, Cut Laquane, who is uh, a deserter of the clone army who went off and chose to marry uh uh twilek is it twilek or twilek 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 and start a family i don't know yeah and so it was interesting that they had that that contrast of like cutlaquane and his children and how he deals with them versus like the bad batch and how they deal with a child and so i really liked what they did with that yeah you can see the different personalities of like how these two these different groups of this one clone came up as opposed to these other ones and they just have a different view of the world even though they're the same person yeah uh the same literally the same dna (laughs) which brings they have different views well which uh which begs the question is can we officially say that Django fett had a soft spot for kids like like if you like look at the evidence (laughs) yeah i mean yeah you i guess you could i mean he had a kid of his own his own self which is a little weird um although Django strikes me as more of like a cold he strikes me as way colder than any of the clones which i think is a little i think it's a little weird i mean yeah you don't, you don't really run into many clones that have that same demeanor that Django has in, you know, Attack of the Clones. But maybe that's on purpose. Maybe they genetically modified him that way. And, like, I guess maybe they are more similar to him after Order 66. So, yeah, I thought there but was. Yeah, I think he probably did have a, a soft spot for children. But, I mean, who doesn't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're looking after her. They're trying to be good people. And, like, that's what good people do is, like, if you had some orphaned kid or someone who um was of a certain age and you know they were alone and and miserable and stuff or they wanted to you know go out and see the world they've never left before uh you'd probably be inclined to do the right thing and and help them as much as you can um which by the way another sidetrack sorry episode so unorganized but the end of that first one ending with you know the galaxy in her eyes yeah. Uh, the light speed as yeah. they're like, it's like, you know, showing her first experience into the galaxy, I thought was really cool. Yeah, that was a great um, shot. Just a little, just a little side noise, <clears throat> side note. But yeah, I mean, I think anyone with, with, you know, half of a conscience would do what they were doing. I'm kind of obsessed with the dynamic that they really very quickly created with Hunter and Omega. Like, I love like all like the, like the little smiles that he, that he gives her, you know, when she wants, like when they go over and they meet Cut Laquane, they meet back up with him, they see his family and they meet his children again and his children come out and they want to play with her. And she kind of like looks over at Hunter for like permission to go, like for permission. She's like, can I do this? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. It's kind of interesting how they've quickly turned him into the dad figure for her, which is, again, it's very Mandalorian-esque. I feel like Star Wars has you know, kind of hit like a nerve with people, like the, the soft spot nerve where it's like, oh, they love the parent to child trope. So we're going to keep milking this and milking this. Well, it's, it's, I mean, that's the, that's the whole backbone of what Star Wars is, right? Yeah. It's about Anakin Skywalker, his son, Luke. It's about Qui-Gon and Anakin. It's about Mando and Grogu. It's about, you know, Hunter and Omega. It's about like, it's, it, it goes on and on and on, you know, Han, Ben, like, the father son, you know, parent child thing is a very big aspect throughout it. And it's, it, it strikes a chord with people because 
we all have parents. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't I mean you could have different relationships with them. It could be great. It could be terrible. It could be somewhere in the middle. But like that that's why it resonates with people is like it's something that we all have in common i love the found family trope i'm a huge fan of the found family trope but it's just kind of like like dang it pulls on my heartstrings the whole omega and hunter thing and i'm really excited to see where they take it but getting back to the plot they go over they meet his family they talk and then uh we get that name drop sure do what uh tell me about the name drop matt since I cut you, you off. tell me about the name drop. The name drop is Rex, obviously, which yep. is someone who we haven't heard from since uh, uh, season seven, Clone Wars. And mm-hmm. um, that's a one that we have potential to see, I think. I'm surprised we honestly didn't see him in Mandalorian. I'm okay with it. But I think we probably have a more likelihood to see him on later. He's, he's the most interesting character out of all the clones, I think. Probably more interesting than these Bad Batch characters because he's been in, you know, way more episodes you have more connection with him to ahsoka and whatnot so yeah they name drop him and they ask him where he is or something and we don't really get much information um as to his whereabouts do we no we don't and what what really hooked me onto that is uh echo's response because echo's like you spoke to rex and echo and rex have that prior established relationship like they knew each other really really well um and i think rex only met the bad batch once uh, but it, yes. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go back here to rebels really quick. If you want to know more about Ahsoka and Rex's, uh, story, um, rebels really, it doesn't, it doesn't dive in like head deep on what, like, like what they were doing for the last 15 years, but you do get some more backstory on what Rex and Ahsoka were up to, um, I'll send you some stuff on that if you don't want to watch it because I know you haven't seen it and I don't know if you care if I spoil it. Um, but we do get some backstory. No, spoil away. Look, I'm like the one who's going to be asking some inquisitive questions here. I don't mind if it's spoiled for me. If you haven't watched those, maybe we'll put spoiler alerts and you can fast forward through the parts of the show. Maybe that you don't want to know. But for me, I don't care about spoiler alerts. Um, I've seen all the Star Wars stuff, at least thus far, that I'm like, you know, I have to have seen and I'll go back and watch it later. But I mean, at the same time, you gotta, you gotta have these things to fill in the gaps. Like you yeah. and I have to talk about these things. So spoil away. Um, uh, from my perspective, I don't mind. Okay. So in star Wars rebels, uh, we find out that Rex and Ahsoka split up shortly after they escaped order 66 together. Um, they split up and they don't see each other for like 15 years. It's really sad. I'm very salty about it. Um, but we're not going to get to that point. Uh, during that time, Ahsoka is just doing her best to lay low. We haven't got we haven't gotten a lot of information on what Ahsoka was doing for for those fifteen years, and especially right after the Empire rises. With Rex, um, they have made it a point, and in Rebels, when we meet him again, we find that he's with these two other clones that you will know, uh, Wolf and Gregor. If you remember from Clone Wars, Wolf is like he was like. Uh, Flo Koon's like right-hand man. And then Gregor was the one, I don't know if I, I told you to skip the droid arc. Did you skip it in Clone Wars? I think so. Yeah, I skipped okay. like the droid under the underwater one, the droid one. I skipped the one, like any episode that I started and I was like, this looks stupid. I just fast forward. Okay. So for the droid arc, there was a clone in the droid arc named Gregor who had amnesia. And basically the, uh, what's his name? Gaskar? Colonel Gaskar, I think that's his name. Oh my God, Steven Stanton. If I mess this up, I'm so sorry. Um, 
basically when they find that when they find Gregor, he has amnesia and he can't remember anything. So they basically help him remember that uh, he's a clone and he's part of this army. So going back to Rex, Rex, when we see him in Rebels, is with Wolf and Gregor, and it is implied that he found them and helped them remove their chips, and they've just kind of been hiding out on this planet for all these years. And so when they name-dropped Rex, which I kind of expected them to, um, I can only assume that Rex is going around warning clones and then like trying to help clones remove their chips because of where he's at in Rebels. And gotcha. So I was really excited when they name dropped him because first of all, it's very sweet that Rex goes back to cut in his family. Like first, like I like that he made them a priority. Right. But second, I love that they're slowly planting the seeds for Rex to meet up with him because obviously he was in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, and that'll probably be the next episode or the episode. Actually, it's probably yeah, it'll be in the next two episodes, I think. Yeah, it'll be something like that. that. That'll be exciting to see. So it obviously leaves once again more unanswered questions as to like how does he fit in with this and how does it end up for him? Like what where where does he end up going? And do we see him later in then in a live action show? We don't know. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm like, I, I gotta tell you, I'm literally I mean, we'll definitely I, if we don't see him in the Ahsoka show, like that'll be ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. But uh yeah, we have the name drop of Rex and that that only begs the question too is do I think we'll see Ahsoka possibly I feel like they would have to use her very carefully if she did appear in the show just because like whenever Ahsoka's in a scene she steals that scene yeah I don't know that'd be a good idea I don't know I mean you'd have to make the entire episode yeah. about her and also how would she really fit in yeah I don't know I really thought. don't know uh I mean in Mandalorian it made sense to me obviously you're dealing with oh, yeah. Jedi with another Jedi with this it's like other than just pure fan service I don't know that it really makes sense yeah and I know I I mean they they could always do it there could be a way they do it where I'm like oh that was perfect you know I don't know but I don't think it really benefits them by putting her in right and I and I agree like I don't think that you should ever put a character in a show without having a purpose because then it's kind of like okay what are what are you doing here uh but I mean, yeah, I overall with this episode, again, so much information to get through overall with this episode in particular is I really like the the dynamic that they're setting up with Hunter and Omega. I really like the seeds that they're planting with like how we see like chain codes are now required as a part of the empire because Republic credits don't work anymore. I love those little right. tiny tiny Yeah, the little details that tie everything together in like a way that wasn't really understood before um yeah that makes it just starts to make a lot more sense yeah I, I I I just love that that they're starting to fill in all these answers now like that excites me that's like it just fuels my energy for again yeah like, and it doesn't feel forced go. like it doesn't feel like they're yeah. just forcing the information on you it all kind of fits in naturally with like every all the information they're putting in. it doesn't feel like they're just telling you this because like oh we have a gap we need to fill mm-hmm. it's like they're, it, the information's slowly coming out and it's tying together these things that you know, had it been tied together before. And it's just starting to click. It makes sense. Okay. And it feels Star Warsy. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. which not to say that the last couple of shows haven't. I'm just saying like th- with the sequels, for example, yep. it didn't really feel super Star Warsy. And there's a even a couple of episodes of The Mandalorian that didn't feel super like Star Warsy. And mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly that means, but I think if you know, you know. It's just yeah. like there's like a certain yeah. vibe that you get when you watch star wars and not everything hits that same note uh really uh i think i'm gonna pull up my phone here because i know that a couple people had qu- 
questions for us that got sent to our account. So thank you for the questions, guys. Really appreciate it. Just give me a second to uh, pull it up. Man, we've been all over the board with this episode. I know. I mean, there's a lot to to, to pull out. I mean, uh, I feel like it'd be boring if we just went through every single thing one by one, but it's also like very dense. Like there's a lot of stuff that happened and there's two episodes to break down. So I don't, I mean, every episode is not going to be this long of this show, but I mean, with the amount of content that just came out with like the first two episodes, it's like, you got to keep it long. We got to, we got to chat through it, you know? Yeah. Got to, got to get through it. Oh, you know what is funny? Uh, by the way, everyone, like, also a reminder, this is our, this is your nice first time talking about it. So, yeah, you know, it's not like we rehearsed this. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a massive rehearsal before. Yeah, no, I mean, like, we're, we're talking about it. We're excited about it. We want to share each other's thoughts as they're coming to mind. So, trying to be authentic here. Okay, so one of our questions we got from Lorraine and... The question is, uh, is it possible that Omega might eventually betray the Bad Batch towards the end of the series? Uh, yes. What do you I don't think? think it's likely. It's obviously possible. I mean, anything's possible. I don't think it's likely, but it could happen. I mean, who... We know it's a tough question to answer until we know who she is and where she's from. It's too mysterious. You know what I mean? That's like asking a question about baby Yoda before we knew about him. Like we just don't, it's, it's, it's been two episodes. So right. I think it's possible. I don't think it's likely. I think she'll end up becoming something else. Totally. It's a totally new character. Mm-hmm. Um, but if also, if she betrayed them, like what would happen to her character then? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? She's a child. I, I I mean, like they they make it very very clear from episode one that she is a child. They also make it very clear that she has a lot of knowledge that the clones don't. I mean, she knew about the inhibitor chips in the second episode. Right, so maybe know. she has one. Right, and that's that that kind of like. But wouldn't I, she know that if she mentioned it? Wouldn't she know that? I I don't know because the her introduction by oh god what is that character's name by Nala say the Kaminoan she's like oh she's my medical assistant so it's implied that Omega has this knowledge that the clones don't whether or not that that would be used for something bad against them I have no idea but she's a kid and so I can't imagine that a kid would have you know yeah. I don't see it being very intent. likely yeah. I mean, it's possible they could totally pull the rug from under us, but coming from somebody like that young, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't uh, this, think so. The second question is kind of funny, and I'll answer that. But Ben asks, uh, any thought on how Lula came to be Wrecker's like little doll, like the doll hmm. thing? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was actually wondering that. Like watching the episode, I'm like, this. Why does why does he like this little bunny? That hasn't been. I mean, unless I missed it in another episode, him loving this thing so much i don't know i like to like he didn't have a mom like it's not like these clones were like like uh they're hardened people right yeah it's like i don't know how that came i'm guessing maybe he made it himself maybe he's just (laughs) a little wonky in the head and has a very childlike demeanor so maybe he just made it himself i don't know or maybe he wanted at a carnival (laughs) (laughs) he just he just went to the games he went to the camino and carnival i mean they kind of have free reign to go wherever they want there's probably some weird carnival thing they went to at some point maybe he got it and i guess that's true they are kind of young like i know they're they age fast or whatever 
but maybe some of their mentalities are younger than others you know oh, that's a good point like, like maybe his his he's only like he has a mentality kind of like an eight-year-old but he has 30-year-old experiences or whatever <laughs> i don't know i haven't yeah. fleshed out this theory but <laughs> maybe um, that's what had happened i don't know uh kevin asked a question that we talked about earlier but kevin asks I think since they are learning about the inhibitor chips, they may try and save Crosshair, but knowing Star Wars, someone is going to die. Sad face. Same, Kevin. Yep. I honestly think Crosshair will die. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I would guess. I mean, we talked about this earlier in the episode. He either dies or he they fix him. I don't think they fix him. I mean, they fix Echo, yeah. you know? I don't think they'll do the same. That's, by the way, it's just boring storytelling. Like... I don't really, and I don't, I don't really have that much of an attachment to him. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you do, but like, I think he kind of has to die. Uh, but they may, maybe not. Maybe they'll do something totally interesting and different. But I think, in terms of like the way the story progresses, I think it makes the most sense for them to have this thing where maybe, you know, there's this big battle towards the end of the season or something. Oh God! What if one of them like has to kill him? Like, what if they make it? They, like, no, really- they will. The hundred percent. That's what what's going to happen. Ah. Yeah. Uh... Oh God. And it would be, it would, or they could, they could kill. Oh God. If they killed like tech, I'd be so mad because I really like tech. <laughs> uh, yeah. I bet two, I bet, I bet two of them will die. Yeah. Oh God. Let's not talk uh, about that. No, the show just got started. We can't talk about who's going to die. Um, well, I have to, we have to speculate. We're breaking the show down. Okay. It is called bad batch breakdown. Oh man. Um, okay. So Inky asks, uh, we saw, we saw, okay, I'm reading this right. We saw Echo give a bit of a freak out moment when he wakes up in the medical bay with the droid probing at him. Do you think that this was a trauma-based response from being experimented on? And if so, do you, do you think that this will be addressed more in the future? I don't think it'll be addressed. I think it's pretty obvious that's what it came from was the episode where they were doing like tests on him and stuff in Clone Wars. And yeah. they were using his body as like an energy power source or whatever that I don't really exactly remember. They have to break him out of the that facility. Stasis. Like I think it's pretty yeah, I think it's pretty clear that uh it came from uh that episode. It's a trauma thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I and now that I'm thinking and about maybe it, they'll talk, maybe he'll talk about it more as like a PTSD thing, but I don't know. I think it's pretty clear. I that that also like uh reminds me Echo. I'm sad to say this. Echo was really good friends with Fives and Fives, as we know, had that whole arc where he figured out what Order 66 was and he ultimately dies because of the information that he figures out. A lot of people have been speculating um, if Echo is going to find out what happened to Fives from from Rex. That was another speculation that I saw. Did Did he not know? No, Echo doesn't know because he was put in that stasis chamber like right after the Citadel arc. So there's no way because Fives died after the Citadel arc and he was a part of it. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, I bet I bet he'll tell him. Yeah, I bet that's something that's an interesting theory that'll probably come up later in the season. I I, uh, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent again, but this is a show full of tangents. But thank you guys for the questions. Um, I hope I didn't miss any. Yeah. Let no, me... no, look, it's going to be, we keep sending in your questions. We'll keep speculating. I think that's the most fun part about these shows is trying to figure out where we go next and seeing this new stuff and filling in the holes that we have that haven't been filled in before. Um, you know, this is something that I've been wanting to see for a while is like that aftermath right after Revenge of the Sith. And we're getting that, you know, we're getting the transition to the Empire period. So it's fun to 
speculate and talk about it. So if you guys want to speculate with us, send in more questions. I don't know if there's that email. Uh, Melissa, you want to share? I'll, I'll, the email is just another Star Wars pod at gmail.com. I'll yeah. write in so the So send your questions in or, D, or DM us on Instagram. We'll, we'll keep talking about it. But that's the most fun part is trying to speculate what happens. Uh, I'm going to give you one more question because I did forget one and I don't want to skip over. But this is from Matt. This will be the last one. So this is from Matt to Matt. This is from me. Yeah, this I is sent Matt sent in this question for himself. But this is a really interesting uh, question here. It says that the theory that he sent in is Omega is one of the first successful attempts at creating a Force-sensitive clone of a non-Force-sensitive. However, the attempt still wasn't perfect, resulting in her being female and having blonde hair. What do you think of that? So they're saying they were trying to clone. She was the attempt of so they're trying to clone a, a Force-sensitive person. Interesting. That's a good theory. Who would they've been? It is a good theory. Who are they trying to? Who are they trying to clone? I, I, well, we do know during this period, like that's what, what's his name? Snoke is. He's like a clone, isn't he? And then the Emperor obviously cloned himself. Spoiler alert for the for the sequels. So like we do know there's cloning stuff going on. Also, they meant this, and it's not a bad theory because in Mandalorian you see this. They go to that facility where they're cloning, and you can see like an outline of Snoke there. You know, so we know the Empire was doing cloning things, and I think that we'll probably get more information. And that this this question begs another question, which is like, what's going to happen with Camino after it's fully out of commission? They're probably going to try to start cloning force sensitive things. So it is an interesting theory. That is a good question, Matt. Whoever yeah. you are, good question. It's a good question to bring up. I I don't know if it's true, but it. I mean. It could be, and it'll also. I think that will it brings up questions of like how are they going to address the Camino stuff later yeah. on this season? Yeah, and I thought that was a. I mean, Matt sent in a bunch of questions, but that one was the most standout one. And I know that we're we're quickly running out of time, and so I don't want to. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, no I, problem. Honestly, like guys, send in your questions. We love reading them. We love seeing them, and it's really fun to theorize with other people. So you should definitely keep doing that. Like we love to see them. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Great first week back. Great breakdown. Sorry for a little all over the place. We'll bring it in next week. It's going to be a shorter episode to talk about next week. Um, and so there'll be a lot less that we have to, to talk about. But I think it's a good start um, <clears throat> with these first two episodes. Um, anything else to add? Uh, nothing other than the fact that I'm sorry for how all over the board that we are with this, but it's honestly, it's, it's Star Wars. How are you not going to get all over the board? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand how that's There's possible. a lot to bring up and it's, it was an hour and a half over an hour and 45 minutes worth of content to talk about. So it's yeah. essentially a full movie. All right. So keeping it an hour all over the place, I think it's fine. Whatever. I think we did a good job and whatever. We'll get better at it. Uh, if you do want to find us online, we are on Instagram, star underscore wars underscore pod. And we are on YouTube, which is just another Star Wars podcast. We are also just another Star Wars podcast on Spotify. Um, and our email is another Star Wars pod at gmail.com. So you guys should definitely hit us up, subscribe, leave a comment with your personal theory because we'd love to read them and check them out. And we'll see you on the next episode of Bad Batch Breakdown.